Hello and welcome to the Badass Preneurs Podcast. My name is Didi and I'm the captain of Moonshots at the Badass Preneurs Moonshot Launchpad for lifestyle businesses in the wellness space. If you are an owner-operator of a lifestyle business, stick around because we'll be sharing from the trenches insights, strategies, interviews and advice for building a profitable, soul-satisfying lifestyle business of your dreams. I'm super excited to introduce you to EA, and I'm not even going to try and pronounce his surname. His humble beginnings were that of the son of a milkman, and today EA is going to share with us why givers earn three times more than takers. I love, just love this, this subject. EA, thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, thank you for having me on your great podcast, and uh, uh, it's really a pleasure to be here. And uh, the key with the last name, because it's pronounced Solkovitz. And uh, it's sort of a funny thing is when I say my last name first and then explain to people how to spell it, they always put the S before the C. And, it, <laughs> and, and, and it, it's the funniest thing because, you know, the auditory, when they hear the, the sound of Solkovitz, yeah, yeah. So I tell people that the, the key to the last name is forget about the C, forget it's even there, <laughs> uh, you know, and just go right with the S. But it's the funniest thing. And I tell people, think of Schwarzenegger, you know, it's Austrian, yeah, yeah, think yeah, about yeah. over there and 15 consonants and one vowel, you know, so, <laughs> uh, and, and so I, over the years, uh, EA, really, which is my first and middle initial, I just sort of settled in on that. And, uh, and over the years, people began to just sort of call me EA and I'm, I'm totally happy with that. So EA was good. And until I was 12 years old, I thought my name was go chop wood. So uh, EA is fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look, the funny thing, and, and we talked about this in our, in our pre-show call, uh, you know, my, my Nick Didi is my nickname. I actually have three Christian names, Daniel Cornelius Albertus, you know, so yeah, it's a funny thing, you know, and I, I stuck with Didi because those, those long names just didn't suit me. EA, would you please give us a brief introduction to yourself? Sure. I'm, uh, I'm blessed to be the founder and patriarch of uh, Givers University. And uh, Givers University started all the way back, and I'd be happy to share the story with your listeners uh, at that point, but um, of how it came about. But it's been literally decades in the formulation, uh, and it has to do with an oath I made with my business mentor. And it's manifest today as Givers University, and we teach something that we have identified that genuinely is not being taught anywhere else today. And I can share that with you because I do one to three podcast interviews every single day right now. And and after I go through the explanation, everyone goes, wow, this is really good stuff. It's something that needs to be taught today. So um, I'm very fortunate to be able to share that uh, with your listeners. Awesome. Awesome. Let's, let's start at the beginning. You know, what, what is a giver and what is a taker? Very good. Uh, um, well, first of all, I want to mention to your listeners that we love everybody. We, and I say that emphatically, we love everybody. And one of the things we teach is how to separate the person who we love from their deeds, which we may not love. And by discerning and watching their deeds, watching the things they do, and we teach what to look for. By watching what people do in their actual deeds, we can then begin to discern, should I bring this person in closer into my life or should I begin to respectfully distance myself? Because if I bring the person based on their deeds that we would identify as taker deeds, 
uh, they're going to bring with them collateral damage and I'm going to be okay. uh, spending a lot of other time. So we have actually identified statistically that about 60% of the population are givers. That means you put them in any situation, doesn't matter what the family, business, social, whatever the situation, in a short period of time, they will begin to craft a way to give and contribute to whatever's going on. They'll invest in it, they'll help it. They're just wired that way and they'll just start doing it all on their own. By contrast, we on the other side of the extreme, we have 20% of the population which are takers. And within a short period of time in any given situation, they will begin to craft a way to take from the situation mentally, spiritually, mentally, morally, financially, emotionally, they will just simply take from it. That's, they're wired to do that. Now we have 20% as givers, 20% as takers, that leaves 60%. Those 60% in the middle, Didi, we refer to them as fencers because they sit on the fence. They act like mm -hmm. givers when they're with givers. They act like takers when they're with takers. They can be great relationships, but we need to manage them and we need to keep an eye on them. So ideally we teach discernment and we teach people look for these specific deeds that people are doing. And then from that begin to discern, should I pull them closer in my life or should I begin respectfully distancing myself? Oh, that, that makes a lot of sense. It, it makes me think of, of somebody that once said um, to, to someone else is that what you're doing is speaking so loud that I can't hear what you're saying. Exactly right. We, and we have a saying right along that line, Didi, that goes as follows. Your talk talks and your walk talks, but your walk talks louder than your talk talks. <laughs> and, and, and basically that our deeds speak louder. Yeah. And that's what we teach people because, you know, today, Didi, and I, and I know this in your area of the world, you're seeing the same thing we are here. I'm in the United States and I, and, and I know that you know, we have businesses open and closing faster than ever before in history. Yeah. We have products being antiquated overnight by new products coming out. And it's happening faster and faster and faster. So what do we have left? Mm. Our relationships. Our relationships. And no one's teaching us how to discern in our relationships. Um, one gentleman uh, a few days past, uh, he said, you know, that's great because you know, we were talking about this and he said, uh, I just read a book that said, you know, I should surround myself with five good people. I said, you're absolutely right. You should question for you, which five. <laughs> and he gave me this blank look, yeah. you know, and I, I said, you see my point. No one's yeah. teaching you how to figure out which five you should and shouldn't have close to you. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us why is being a giver better than being a taker? Well, um, the, well, first of all, one of the things we have in Givers University is givers earn three times more because givers discern three times more. So okay. I would use the example. If right now, DD, you had itchy eyes and a runny nose, those symptoms that I can see might give me an assessment that you might have a cold. Now, I'm not able to see the cold, but I know that the cold would be the cause of the symptoms, which I can see. So plant symptoms with deeds. We teach people look for these symptoms or these deeds, the actual deeds a person is doing. And we even give it to them in the form of checklists that they literally should look through and they can see, oh, I can see that, I can see this and I can see this. And from that, people are able to begin to discern 
should I pull this person in close and make them a part of what I would call my giver community? Uh, because givers always bring with them, DD, wisdom, wealth, and wellness. We call that the three W's. Okay. By contrast, should I be respectfully, not nasty or rude or insensitive, should I be respectfully distancing myself because of what I'm seeing in their deeds? Because I know that as a taker, they will bring with them the three Ds of a taker, which is defeatism, disruption, and destruction. So when we say giver, we're not labeling a person, we're labeling their deeds. And when yeah. we say taker, we're not labeling the person, we're labeling their deeds. So here's the question to the point of your question that I would ask all your listeners. Think about the fires that you stomp out each day. Think about the times when your stress level spikes and goes straight through, straight through the ceiling each day. Think about the times when you have a phone conversation with someone or one-to-one -one conversation. And you, at the end of the conversation, you barely remember what was talked about, but you do know you have no energy left. They just drained it all from you. All three of those situations, Didi, have one thing in common. There's a name attached to them. So we teach people, and the reason givers earn more than takers is because givers have learned how to discern who they should have in their life and who they shouldn't. And because of that, their productivity goes way up because they're not spending, literally spending time stomping out fires all day they're able to invest more of their time in product things that productive things that they should be doing instead of fire stamping out fires, their stress levels reduced because they have more of the right kind of people around them. They've learned who to discern and have around them and their energy is actually increased because they are surrounded by people of their own making their own choosing that have increased their energy as they're increasing their energy. And we call that building their giver community. And we teach people how to build their own giver community, their community of givers. So their productivity goes straight up, their stress level goes straight down and their energy level goes straight up because we're teaching them how to discern today in the world of self-improvement. Didi, I know you're a self-improvement guy. I'm a self-improvement geek, love self-improvement. It's important, we all need to have it. But no one else is teaching us what about the other guy? What if he's not doing it right? What do I do about that? Yeah. And that's where we get into that discernment issue that is so beneficial and why it's so much better to be a giver than a taker. Awesome. I love that. How did you first start learning about this stuff? Well, it actually dates all the way back. Uh, you know, I, I was born in Chicago. Um, I'm in Michigan now, but for the first 30 years of my life, I was in Illinois. And uh, my father was a milkman, had a distributorship for a company called Twin Oaks, uh, a dairy. And uh, he had a one-man route, you know, he delivered milk. And, and back then, D.D., uh, you know, they had milk came in glass gallons. Yeah. And, uh, and, and uh, there was a box outside the house that was the milkman's box. And the milkman put, you know, we put milk in that. And, and you know funny, what was funny about it, D.D., back then, there was always money in the milkman box for the milkman. And no one touched it. No one, not one single time did anyone touch the milkman money. Funniest thing. A <laughs> uh, little different than today, right? Yeah, and uh, yeah. so, so, but, but my father, you know, he had this one man route, if you will. And uh, then I took my first big step that opened the door to answer your question of my first big step in becoming successful 
in my road to life and fortune and fame and happiness, I became a janitor. Okay. <laughs> and, you think, and you think, okay, you know, what's up with the janitor? Well, I, I didn't mind doing that, DD, because business is always picking up. Yeah. What? Anyway, so <laughs> and, and, and but, so here I am as a janitor, 16 years old, and I had two really significant events both of which sort of linked into the ultimate formation to Givers University years later. The first one was uh, at 16 years old, I was able to be bonded as a janitor. That means I could be insured so I could go in places that had expensive things. And, uh, and the insurance company would cover it in case, you know, the buffer hit something and broke it or something like that. So um, I was able, because of being bonded, I was able to be in the home every week and I cleaned her home every week of a lady whose name is June Martino. Now, name may not mean anything to you, but if you or your listeners saw the movie about McDonald's and Ray Kroc, and it was called The Founder. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, uh, did you see the movie? No, but I know about oh, it. Okay, all right. And uh, I'm sure many of your listeners did, and it's still on streaming and, and probably will be for years. And Michael Keaton plays Ray Kroc, right? And it's about McDonald's and it's very Hollywoodized, that's for sure, but certainly it does mentioned certain events that did happen just in a Hollywood kind of way and over dramatization. But anyway, in the movie, Ray Kroc is constantly, Michael Keaton is constantly talking to a lady outside his office. And he says, June, this and June that. And she's through the whole movie. You see her through the whole movie. That's the lady whose house I clean, okay. June Martino. So when you see the movie and if you haven't go see it and you'll see him talking to June, that's the lady whose house I cleaned every single Wednesday. Now, when I met her, McDonald's was already phenomenal. I lived in the area of the world headquarters in McDonald's in Oak Brook, Illinois, suburb of Chicago. And so June Martino was this local icon. You know, she had the third most controlling stock in McDonald's and was worth more zeros than I had on fingers and toes, right? And here I am cleaning this million dollar home and she's got maids and butlers and everything. It's extraordinary, right? And uh, so I knew who she was. And, you know, and, and, and so one day she was in an extra good mood and I could tell. And, and by the way, the thing that was really surprising to me was how nice she was. You know, I had always felt, Didi, that, and I'd been taught at, at an early age that to be rich and successful, you had to be a jerk. You know, yeah. you had to take yeah. advantage of people and you had to abuse people and you had to be me first only, you know, and, and, and that's what I had sort of in my mind. And she was exactly the opposite. She was nice. She was approachable. Whenever she saw me, she always said hi before I did, even if she saw me first. I mean, very, very nice. And that was amazing to me because I thought, man, she, you know, here's this woman and she's really, really ultra rich and she's a nice person. That was, to me, that was surprising because it was so different from what I thought rich people were or what you're supposed to be to be rich, right? Yeah. So here I am. She's in a good mood. And I muster up all the courage a snot-nosed 16-year-old can muster up. And I go up to her and I said, hi, June. She said, hi. And I said, can I ask you a question? She said, sure. And I said, could you tell me about it? And she said, what? And I said, well, the whole McDonald's thing. I'm not kidding, Dee Dee. She put her arm around me, brought me in the kitchen. And the entire day, told because I asked her in the morning, the entire day told me the entire McDonald's story from when she worked with Ray Kroc because he was a milkshake uh, mixer salesman. Yeah. So she worked for him before he met the McDonald's brothers even. She told me from there, from that point in time, all the way to everything in between, we were sitting up in the kitchen at her place. And 
she even had the maids and butlers bringing in food so she could keep telling me the story while we're sitting in the kitchen. I mean, and I'm thinking to myself, my God, this is June Martino. And she's like, I'm looking around thinking she, she think I'm someone else or something. She's got his, <laughs> I have my janitor outfit on, you know, my janitor shirt's got my name on one side and name on the cup, you know, color, the name on the other side and the light blue shirt with a stripe going down it. You know, she knows I'm the janitor. She knows me, you know, and the, she's telling me this whole thing. And she, in, she mentions there's a part in the movie. If you get a chance to see it, it's where it's called The Founder, right? And, uh, and, and there's a part in the movie that you will recognize when I say this, when you see the movie, that there's a part where June goes to Ray and says, we don't have any money. There's no money left. We're only getting like less than 2%, uh, you know, is our royalty and money's going out faster it's coming in. There's no money and we're even out of money. She told me that story decades before the movie, that that was actually a true, that was true. And what she said was, Ray and her made an agreement that there was no money to pay her, none. So he agreed not to pay her and she would stay and he would give her worthless, I mean, worthless company stock. And so I asked her, I said, June, I, you know, I'm a janitor. I live paycheck to paycheck. Every Friday I get paid. If I don't get paid on Friday, I'm not showing on Saturday. I need that paycheck. Why did you do it? And you know, Didi, I could tell by the look on her face as she stared at me. I had just asked her a question at the ripe old age of 16 years old that no one had ever asked her before because everyone always wants to know what happened. No one ever wanted to know why. Yeah. And so she stared at me with this blank, vacant look. And I think, you know, okay, now what do I do? And it was like 10 or 15 seconds. And it seemed like a year, you know, cause I'm staring right at her and she's staring back at me. No one's saying anything because she's thinking. And then she spoke and when I still remember not only what she said, but the way she said it. And it made the hair stand up on the back of my neck. When I said, why did you do it? Why did you work for nothing? No pay and get worthless stock. It wasn't even worth, it was not, it was not worth something. It was worth less than zero. Why'd you do it? And she told me, because I believed in Ray. And my first thought, DD, I remember instantly, my first thought was, that's it. I need to find a Ray Kroc. That's it. I need to find a Ray Kroc that can bring me under their wing, like Ray brought June under his wing and teach me because I'm the son of a milkman, burnt out janitor. And I don't know. I just know I want to be rich and I want to be happy. I don't know how to do it. I don't know what, it's, what how to do any of it. I need a Ray Kroc. That's my answer. That was my first thought. And, and, and you know, I'd pull the Rolls Royce out of the garage three times a day and sweep out the garage because I so I could sit in a car that was worth 10 lifetimes of my income. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was it was extraordinary, right? And I'm thinking people really live like this. She's nice and she's approachable and very pleasant. Man, I, I want that. I want to be rich and happy. Not realizing, D.D., I even had that backwards. First, we're supposed to be happy and then rich, right? I want yeah. to be, I want to, yeah. at 16 years old, it's about the money, right? Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So anyway, that was it. So, and it was, as soon as I put that out there, I said, I wanted to be, you know, I need a Ray Kroc. I need to find one. It wasn't a couple months later at the same janitorial service. We got a phone call and the boss, only the boss of the company, Jerry and I are there. Uh, he was sort of friend of the family and I was talking with him and he hung up the phone and he said, uh, well, uh, you know, some guy is in from Detroit 
and uh, he's opening a diamond store and he wants to show him, he needs someone to show him some carpeting and they have to do it tonight because he's leaving on a plane tomorrow back to Detroit. And I said, okay, uh, what's that got to do with me? He said, I need you to go. And I said, no, I'm not going. I said, I, Jerry, I'm not, I've already punched out. I punched out. I'm off the clock. Nope. I'm not going. He said, I need you to go. I, he said, and I said, Jerry, I said, no, a second time. I said, no, I'm not going. I said, I don't know. You know, I don't know anything about carpeting. I said, I, I clean places all day. You know, I clean bowling alleys at two in the morning. And my big thrill is getting free songs on a jukebox at two in the morning while I'm buffing the bowling alley floors. Right. And I said, that's, I said, that's all I know. You know that. He said, well, I'll give you this wheel, walk this way and this way through the room. And I'll give you the, and call me on the phone. I said, no, Jerry, I'm, I'm not going. Third time I said, no. And he said, I'll tell you what, if you'll go, I'll give you your pick of any Saturday off you want. Now, Dee Dee, that's a big negotiation chip for a janitor <laughs> because we clean when businesses are closed. Yeah. So Saturday morning to night, we're cleaning all the way through. And he just offers me a Saturday off. This is like amazing. So to make sure I understood, I repeated it back to him. Any Saturday I went off. And he said, any Saturday. So I sighed and I said, okay. So I load up the car with these carpet samples, setting the stage. I don't want to go meet this guy. I'm tired. Physically, I'm exhausted. I've been cleaning all day. I don't know anything about carpeting. I have a bunch of samples in the back of my car, none of which mean anything to me. I'm doing all of this for only one reason. And you already know what that reason is. It's to get my, my pick of a Saturday off. That's it. Little do I know, I'm getting ready to meet the man, my Ray Kroc, that will change the trajectory of my life forever. So I share with your listeners, be aware, observe and discern of that moment and those moments on the thin edge of a dime that seems so insignificant at that moment and snapshot in time that will actually be the event that causes your life to change in such a huge way forever. So I go and there it is. I meet my business mentor and he changed my life forever and began to teach me and rewire the burnt out wires of a in my mind of a son of a milkman burnt out janitor and began to reassemble them, disconnect them first and reassemble them and teach me about these things that ultimately later on became Givers University. And it was a few years later, there was, he asked me, you know, I, I told him, I said, Sam, his name was Sam Robbins. I said, uh, Sam, could you teach me everything? I want, I need to know everything, you know, and he said, okay, I'll teach you, but I'll need one thing from you. I want to let you know, whatever he said next, I was saying yes. <laughs> I mean, it didn't matter what it was. I was in yes mode, right? Yeah. And uh, he said, this is what I want from you. When the time is right, and you will know that time, I want you to teach as many other people as you can everything that I taught you. And at 19 years old, at this point, I'm 19, I made a vow, an oath, and a commitment 
that literally decades later, I'm 65 years old today, not as a birthday today, but this year, at 65 years old, and even in a few decades past, that all began to shape, take shape into what is now Givers University. And that's how I began to learn all of these things and headed down that path. And even today, I'm fulfilling the vow and the oath I've made at 19 years old. Oh, I just love it. So actually what you're saying is that you have now become the right rock for a lot of other people, people like myself and all your students. That's exactly what happened. And, uh, and, 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 and I tell people, I said, I didn't make this stuff up. up. I said, it's a combination of, you know, uh, my major defeats in life. And, uh, you know, I have three temporary major defeats and they weren't small, they were big. And, uh, and, and, but also the blessings I had and, you know, the things that my business mentor taught me an accumulation of all of that information, literally over four decades um, and even when I was on the radio, I had a, my own talk show for a, a couple of years, and I interviewed over 1,000 millionaires in two years and, and heard their stories and their temporary defeats. And all of that information became the research and development of the Give to Be Great courses that are taught at Givers University. Oh, that's awesome. Awesome. Our audience, you know, our listeners, uh, a lot of them are just starting out in their business and most of them are, you know, got certifications, you know, they're health practitioners and what kind of advice would you give to them? You know, people just starting out in business. Well, um, the first thing I would share with you is that um, you're gonna have adversity and also to be a giver. So I'll tie those two things together because they are, are very important going forward. Number one, be a giver and don't be afraid to give. And one of the first things my business mentor taught me was when you're a giver, people will take advantage of you, but you are never diminished when they do. He said, no one understands and gets the second part of it. He said, what happens is it stops people from being a giver because they say, well, what if they abuse me? And what if they take advantage of me? And, and they go through all these reasons and fear takes over them. And they don't give when they have perfect opportunities to do that. So he said, be a giver. Know upfront when you're a giver, people will take advantage of you, but you're never diminished because they took advantage of you and know that what you gave them will come back to you in another way from another person, from another business, from another venture, from another circumstance as the law of compensation, which is one of the things he taught me, he says they're like balancing scales and on one side is services and on the other side is your rewards in life. He said, you want to pack the side of the scale with all the services and giving you possibly can in your life because the scale strives to always put itself in balance. And you want to be pushing as hard as you can to push it out of balance by putting the services side with you giving so much that when the reward side gets into balance, you'll get a hundred times more than you ever gave. He said, so don't be afraid to be a giver. Know that you're never diminished. They're diminished when they take from you. You're not diminished because you gave from them. And the second thing that he taught me with that is you're going to have adversities. Forget the word failure. Remove it from your vernacular. Don't say it. Don't say it. It's not a part of your verbiage anymore. Replace it or supplant it with the words 
temporary defeat. He said, okay. failure is too, it's too eternal. It, it, it's got this eternal feeling and ring to it. He said, temporary defeat is totally different. He said, temporary defeat is getting tackled on the football field and you stand up and you, then you realize you just got a first down. He said, don't throw yourself out of the game by calling it a failure. It's just a temporary defeat. You're still in the game. Don't throw yourself out of the game. So he said, and taught me the following phrase, every, not some, not once in a while, every single adversity, every single adversity, when they appear in front of you, carry with them the seed of an equal or a greater benefit. Look for those seeds. They are always there. And when they are there, when, because they always are, when you find them, because they're always present, when you find them, you will welcome that temporary defeat because it will cause you to do the step you needed to do. And that seed will be the thing that you begin to grow on that improves your life so much more had you not had that temporary defeat. He said, so don't be afraid of that. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Lip, we're running out of time for this episode, but I really want to ask you to let's reconnect and let's set up another episode so that we can delve a little bit deeper and we'll make more time and make it a longer episode so that we can do a sort of a little mini masterclass or something. Uh, so that would be great. Can, I would love it. Yeah. Can I share one thing my business mentor share with me in closing? Yes, absolutely. I'd love to hear it. This is what he shared with me. He says, say this to yourself over and over and over again. And I share with your listeners and for those starting out and entrepreneurs and professional people, because they're going to have obstacles, they're going to have setbacks, they're going to have people take advantage of them. These things I'm going to say right now, say and repeat over and over again, because it will help you get through every bit of it and rise up. And these are the three things he taught me to say to myself, which I do every day. I will never give up. I will keep rising up and I will always overcome. Oh, I love that. I love that. I really love that. Yeah, this was entertaining, informative, and very, very helpful. If our listeners want to get in touch with you, where, where can they go? They go to, uh, just go to the Givers University website, sign up for our newsletter. It's free. Uh, they'll see a sign-up box. All they, they just put in their first name and email address. And we're going to uh, give them right away a couple of checklists. They'll get one in a matter of minutes. That's called the six arrows that take or shoot at givers. And a couple of days later, they'll get uh, the 25 dues, which actually uh, part of that would be a great mini class to share with your listeners in the future. The, the part of the 25 things that givers do and takers do that help them discern. Uh, it'd be a great mini class to share with them. They're going to get that actual checklist. So go to givers, it's plural, giversuniversity.com, sign up for the free newsletter and the relationship begins. And we love to be able to share with them and walk our talk. Oh, awesome. Thank you so much, EA, for sharing your wisdom with us today. I wish you only the very best and may the Givers University grow and prosper beyond your wildest dreams. Thank you so much. And I share with uh, any of your listeners that have someone in their life that maybe is being a little takerish. One of the best things they could do is share with them a great podcast called Badass Entrepreneurs. 
because it's a great way to third party people to maybe get their mind to open up and maybe have them become more giverish and less takerish. So they should share your podcast with those people as a way to help them. Uh, I love it. Thank you for that shout out. Folks, thanks for listening to this mini masterclass. If you like what we're doing here, head on over to badasspreneurs.com forward slash podcast because there's a lot more like this over there. You'll also find today's episode notes, including all the resources today's industry experts shared with us. And please be a badass and head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate us and leave us a review. It's very much appreciated. Till next week, stay safe.